Bible Baptist Church. This is our yearly Christmas play with our kids putting on a, a skit for us, and I'm so looking forward to it. They're going to be portraying the Christmas story, and they're going to be singing to us. So uh, we, we want to be sure to pray for them, and they've worked hard, and uh, I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do in all of our hearts. How many of you love Jesus Christ? Say amen. Amen. Let's all stand. I want to open in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we thank you and love you for being the God that you are. Lord, you're mighty good to us, and we appreciate it, Lord, being so good, so loving to us. Lord, you've showered us, Lord, with your blessings. You've loved on us, Lord, down through the years. And we're thankful, Lord, just to be your people. And, Lord, as we uh, assemble together this day, it is in that name which is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, that we come today. We're asking you, Lord, to please honor that name, and, Lord, please exalt that name among us. And may the, may the children, Lord, have a good time. May they enjoy what they present to us. And, Lord, may it reach every heart that's in this room. We thank you and love you for being the God that you are. For, Lord, you are holy and you're right in this world of trouble, Lord, so thankful that you're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, Lord, you add your favor and your blessings to everything said and done. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Then we'll start the program. Joy to the world. star of Bethlehem it's not in one of those books so Oh 
she plays something, turn around and tell somebody you love them. If you have any offerings, you can bring them at this time and put them in the collection plate. seated. Let me make some quick announcements before we go into our play. Remember, this afternoon at 5 o'clock, we will be having afternoon service, so be sure to come back at 5 o'clock. Remember, next Sunday now, Christmas Day, there will be no Sunday school service, no Sunday school, but we will be having morning service only uh, on Christmas Day. It is Jesus' birthday. How would you like to have a birthday party and nobody show up? Amen. So that'll be this coming Sunday, Christmas Day. We will be having morning service at 1045, no evening service. So remember these things. Good morning. I, I wanted to thank each and every one of you for coming out this morning. These kids have worked hard on this play. Um, it's a little bit different than what a normal Christmas play is, but, I, but our hope is that through everything that we walk you through, that you let this sink in and really know what a love that Jesus had for us. Thank you. We're going to see a live-action Christmas play. Uh, what's that? It's a play about how Jesus loves us. Go.
hills outside of Bethlehem, shepherds watch their sleepy sheep. The night is calm, the sky is clear, the star is shining bright. He takes her to the inn and humbly inquires within. There's no room here for you, was heard more than once again. She takes his hand, the time is drawing near. In the stable they find a place to rest their weary heads. It's time, she says, and bows her head. Her king is coming soon. This precious child that she now holds was sent from God above to preach and teach and heal the sick, to save us from a world of sin and show the greatest love. The shepherds and the wise men came to worship and adore, for never in all of time has this ever happened before. This tiny baby has many names. Son of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah, the Bright and Morning Star, the Great I Am, the Christ, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, and thou shalt call his name Jesus.
Although Jesus was born in Bethlehem, his parents had to take him to Egypt until after King Herod's death. You see, King Herod was so afraid that the people would love Jesus so much that they would make him their king, and Herod could not let that happen. The family returned to their home in Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. At 30 years old, Jesus started traveling and teaching people about God. He picked 12 men, known as disciples, to travel with him and help him in his ministry. But the Jewish religious leaders did not like what Jesus had to say. They called him all kinds of names and said that he was an imposter. They hated him so much that they made a plan to catch him and kill him. What the religious leaders did not know was that this was all part of God's plan. You see, Jesus came to seek and to save and to lay down his life for our sins so that we would have a way to heaven. After Jesus and the disciples had eaten the Passover meal, also known as the Last Supper, Jesus needed to talk to God. So he took his disciples away from the celebration to the garden called Gethsemane, where he had been before many times to pray. Jesus stopped at the entrance of the garden and chose three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, to go in with them. He told these three to watch out for him while he prayed. They did not do a very good job. They all fell asleep. But Jesus loved them and told them to sleep on it, and he went and prayed again. Was.
John chapter 14, after Jesus had prayed for the last time, he told his disciples, It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. The men who hated Jesus took him to the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, and told Pilate that Jesus had done bad things and they wanted Jesus to be punished. This was not the truth. In fact, Jesus was not guilty of doing anything wrong. Pilate even told the mean men that he could not find any fault in Jesus. The men did not care. They wanted Jesus gone. So the bad men hurt Jesus and made fun of him and put a crown of thorns on his head. They were so full of hate that they made Jesus carry his own cross. The soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross and put him on a hill called Golgotha. Jesus was there for many hours. Jesus said, I thirst, so the soldiers gave him vinegar to drink. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and bowed his head and sadly died. That day on that cross, Jesus suffered and died for our sins. You see, if it had not been for Jesus, we would not have a way to go to heaven.
Jesus had told his disciples that he would die on the cross, be buried, and rise again in three days. But the disciples did not understand. Peter even fussed at Jesus about it. Jesus knew all along that a debt had to be paid, and only he could pay it. After Jesus died, a man named Joseph of Arimathea came to and got the body of Jesus, wrapped him up very gently, and laid Jesus in his brand new tomb. After the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James brought spices to anoint Jesus' body. On the way, they said among themselves, Who shall roll the stone away for us? You see, the stone was very big and very heavy. But when they arrived, they looked and saw the stone had already been moved. Cautiously, they entered the sepulcher and saw a young man sitting on the right side of the stone where Jesus had been laid. He was clothed in a long white garment, and they were afraid. The angel told them not to be afraid. You were looking for Jesus of Nazareth that was crucified, but he is not here. He has risen. But go your way and tell his disciples and Peter that Jesus went into Galilee, and there they will see him. Jesus met with the disciples as they were having supper and said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Soon after Jesus had spoken with his disciples, he was received up into heaven, and there he sits on the right hand of God. One day, one glorious day, Jesus will come again to take us all that are saved home to live with him in heaven forever.
of Jerusalem on a hill called Golgotha there was a cross that changed the world the cross on which the Prince of Glory died Jesus Christ the Son of God was crucified for you and for me in Philippians chapter 2 we read Christ was obedient unto death even the death of the cross it's not about the manger where the baby laid it's not about the angels that sang for him that day it's about the love of God it's about my sin, and it's about the debt I owed that was paid and the stone that was rolled away. For it was at the cross where the Son of God gave his life so that we could have salvation. The Pharisees could not stop him. Pilate found no fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death could not handle him, and the grave could not keep him in. He is risen alive and coming again one day to take us home to live with him in glory.
come from God, <clears throat> for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. In 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Then I'm going to skip down to verse number 16. Everybody knows this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then verse 17 explains it this way. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What we've seen today is not your typical Christmas play, or was it? The true meaning of Christmas is all wrapped up in the life of one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. The words he taught us, the principles he expounded, and his willing sacrifice for our sins all point us to one truth. Jesus loves us. <laughs> his love is our greatest heritage that we could ever experience in life. This morning you were walked through the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is not just another story. It's the ageless story of Jesus. It's his story. His story. Jesus Christ taught the greatest truth that has ever been expressed to a man. That name by the name of Nicodemus. He was a very religious man. He was a Jew. He was a Pharisee. He was a ruler of the Jewish nation of Israel. To be a ruler and to be a Pharisee was one of the highest ranks that anybody could hold in the Jewish religion. He knew the Old Testament scriptures and he could expound them according to the letter of the law. He came to Jesus by night and he wanted an audience with Jesus because he had some he had some pressing questions in his spirit, and he knew who to go to for the answers. Jesus wasted no words nor time. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. This mystified Nicodemus, and he asked, well, how is it possible that a man be born again, must he enter back into his mother's womb? And Jesus went on to tell him, Listen, you were born once of the flesh, and just as you were born of the flesh, you must be born of the Spirit. He said, For that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is the Spirit is the Spirit of God. He went on and added and emphasized this truth. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, the fleshly birth, and of the Spirit, listen to this now, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then Jesus concluded all of those statements with this, this impactful 
statement, Marvel not that I said unto thee, Thou must be born again. In essence, he told Nicodemus, he said, You will never see and you will never be a part of my kingdom except you be born again. How is this so? Then Jesus told Nicodemus the greatest truth, the greatest revelation that could be revealed to any body of people. He told Nicodemus how to be born again. And he said these words, and we all know them, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The whole story of Jesus Christ is centered around the fact that God so loved us, so loved, so loved. It's an expression of the depth and the extent to which God loved us. How did he love us? He so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. Who in here, when considering giving someone else a gift, what one of us in this room would consider giving our child? Only God could conceive of such a thing. A child? Give to the world his son? Yet that's what he did. Gave us his child, his son. What a great gift. The whole story of Jesus Christ is centered around that fact that God so loved us that he gave us his son. This is not a gift that can be measured by the worth of For this gift was and is still priceless. This is not a gift that can be described in a commercial of words for this gift is unspeakable. And this is not a gift that can be considered as great for this gift is the greatest gift imaginable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And to consider this, not only did God give His son. He gave his son, listen to this, to his enemies. How many of us in this room would consider giving a child of ours to anyone, let alone our enemy? The Bible declares that before we were saved, any of us were saved, we were enemies with God. God was against us. We were against God. But that's the body of people that God gave this gift to, His Son. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Not just a son, but the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, the Almighty, the Ancient of Days. That's who God gave to you and I. Listen to John 3.16. Let me break it down for you. For God so loved the world. That includes every person in this room. When we look at Jesus Christ, not one of us can deny the fact that God loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his only, only, 
only begotten son, not one of many, the only child that he had, the only son that God had, that's who he gave. Then it goes on to say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that I love this word, whosoever. That includes every person. None, none are exempt from this. Not any sinner is left out of this Christmas story. That includes us all. The Bible says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. God does not want one person to die in their sins. He wants every person to be saved. And that's why He sent His Son. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Listen to it. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him, not whosoever works, not whosoever is good, not whosoever Uh, changes their ways or not whosoever is baptized or not whosoever joins a church, but whosoever believeth, believeth in him. Believes in who? Jesus Christ. Not yourself. Not anything about you. The Christmas story is all about the birth. It's all about the tomb. It's all about the cross. It's all about Jesus Christ and what He's done for every one of us. Many today are trusting all the wrong things. They are trusting their goodness. They are trusting their good works. They are trusting their church membership. They are trusting their baptism, their, their, their works, their baptism, their church membership. But they've missed the whole meaning of Christmas. He said, if you believe in Jesus Christ, thou shalt not perish. What does that mean? It means to die and go to an awful place called hell. Thou shalt not perish. Just because preachers have quit preaching about hell does not mean that it is non-existent. The flames of hell, if I'm reading my Bible right, the flames of hell are enlarging themselves as souls die without Christ and go to this awful place of torments, hell. Should not perish. And here's the Christmas story, but have everlasting life. The gift, the gift. Through the Son, Jesus Christ, believe in the gift that God has given you, given me, given every person in this entire world. There's none, no, not one that is exempt from being saved. God wants every person to be saved. 
we can have everlasting life, but it's through the Christmas story of Jesus Christ. Salvation is a gift to whosoever will believe in Jesus Christ. That is how much he loves you. For God so loved the world, that's you. I like the way Paul wrote it in Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. But I especially love Galatians 2.20. Paul wrote these infamous words. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, listen to it, who loved me and gave himself for me. There's no greater experience in life than to know that God loves you and to experience that love through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. As we hurry through this festive occasion, this Christmas season, Find time, find time to find the true meaning of, G- of Christmas. It's Jesus Christ. He died for you. He loved you that much. He died for your sins. He had done no sin. He had done nothing wrong. But he hung on an old rugged cross, dying and shedding his blood because you sinned, because I sinned. They buried his body. They laid it in a barred tomb. No man had ever been laid there before. Jesus went in there, but three days later, he got up. (laughs) He just, he got up. He got up and he proved to this entire world that he is who he said he was, that it was really real, that Jesus' death on Calvary was the atonement for man's sins. Have you believed Is Jesus Christ in your life? I remember when I got saved, my life was so empty and out of, it was just all messed up. I had done a good job of messing it up. Through my sinful ways and my my wickedness, I messed my life up. Jesus came by on November the 21st, 1982, and he entered my life through the new birth And I became born again. Are you born again? Are you saved? This Christmas season, why go through another Christmas without the real meaning of Christmas in your life? Jesus Christ. Why go through another season of all the festivities, all the gifts, all the lights, all the trees, all the presents, everything that associates itself with Christmas? Why go through any of that? without being saved. You can be saved today. You can trust Jesus Christ today if you would simply believe what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. I want us to all stand just for a moment. You play something else. I'll force this. Play that silent night. Silent night. These kids have done a great job of portraying for us the story of Christmas. Jesus Christ came, and He came. I believe this. I believe that if you 
were the only person on planet earth, I believe Jesus would have still come from heaven and come into this world and died for you. He loves you that much. He cares about your life that much. He wants to come into your life and help you live out the remainder of your days celebrating Christmas every day of your life. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus died for me. Jesus is in my life. Don't go through this Christmas season without Him. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved. You could be saved right now. You could be born again, just like Jesus simply told Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, my Father so loved you that He sent me to die for your sins. If you would believe that, repent of your sins and call upon my name, I'll save you. You will be born again. Without it, Nicodemus, you will not see it. You won't even be a part of it. You can't enter it. There's, I'm sure in this crowd, there's some here that's never received Jesus Christ. The Bible says, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. There may be somebody here this morning that slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I've never been born again. I've never been saved. Would you be willing to slip up your hand right now? Preacher, I've never been saved. It may be one of these children on this platform. It may be someone out in the congregation. Preacher, I've never been born again. I can't really celebrate Christmas because I'm not saved. Preacher, pray for me. Slip your hand up just quickly and quietly. Nobody's looking but me and the Lord. I just want to pray for you. I don't want, I'd never call you out. Don't you want to know that you're going to heaven when you die? Don't you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when it time, the time comes for you to leave, that you're going to a far better place called heaven? How many of you this morning would slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. And there's a testimony before God. I want to raise my hand and say, Preacher, I'm saved. I'm saved. I know it. Slip your hand up all across the auditorium. If you're saved and know it, just slip your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all over the auditorium. If you couldn't raise your hand, please come to Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. Trust in Him. Believe in Him. Ask Him to come into your life and save you. Change my life, Lord. I'm tired of this dead-end living. I'm tired of this, this way of mine. I'm ready to turn to you and your ways. I'll let you live out my life for me. If you're here this morning, you want to just quietly where you're at right now. Ask Jesus into your heart. You can do that. You can say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've sinned against you. I'm asking you to forgive me and save me. Come into my life and save my soul. I want to thank you, Jesus, for what you did. 
Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, if you meant it from your heart, according to the scriptures of God, you, you're saved. If you meant that, if you prayed that prayer, you're saved. You'll have eternal life. You will not perish. You just received the greatest gift that could ever be received by anyone, Jesus Christ. Father, I want to thank you for what we've experienced here today. I thank you for the Sister Janet that worked so tirelessly and all those others that worked with her to make this possible today. I'm glad, Lord, we're in a place where people know the true meaning of Christmas. I'm so thankful, Lord, to be able to know it myself, that you loved me and you gave Jesus Christ for me. Thank you for loving me that much, Lord, and thank you for letting me experience it in this life. Looking forward to the day I go home and see you face to face. But until then, help us to be busy about your business and telling others the true Christmas story. Bless, Lord, now. We're thankful for what you'll do and what you'll uh, give us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's give these kids, Sister Janet, Sister Janet, you come stand out here. She's she's the one that put all this together. Give Sister Janet a great big hand. And all of you others, Ashley, and all of you that work, Kayla, all of you that just work so hard, thank you from the depths of my heart. It means so much to this preacher. Thank you, kids. Thank you for what you did today. Thank you for the songs you sung. The sign language was that good. I learned that this is suffering. <laughs> Ringing you out, I can say, oh, amen. I've experienced that sign language. Amen. Carter, Carter man, Carter man, yeah. had no problem understanding what he said. Amen. Amen. Did great job. Great job. Well, we'll go to the, we'll dismiss in a word of prayer. And remember, come back this afternoon at five o'clock. We'll have our afternoon service and uh, we'll go from there. Brother Terry Ransom, how about you dismissing us?